Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Nation, it is Jerry Brenner with a Sunday matinee edition of the Dream Take presented by the Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com and a 10th consecutive L pod here at the Dream Take final score Clippers 121, Rockets 100. And this, this script of the game was very similar to the previous two losses in Sacramento. Rockets had uh, played well for two to three quarters, and then the fourth quarter, things started to get way out of hand. It's the third straight loss by more than 20 points for the Rockets. Definitely not uh, getting any better anytime soon. Uh, But even without Jalen Green and Jay Sean today, both of whom were serving a suspension after their role in in excuse me, Friday night's uh, fight between or whatever that was between uh, Malik Monk and Garrison Matthews, them stepping onto the court is a violation of NBA rules. Therefore, a one-game suspension was given to both. They served that today, but the Rockets were able uh, to play pretty well in their absence. Dacian Nix got the start, played 36 minutes with um, one point. Yeah, one point for Dacian Nix in 36 minutes of action. It's just, you know, when your starting point guard plays the most minutes in the game and can only get one point, it's just really hard to win basketball games like that. Um, Even after a 50-plus point performance from Ty Ty Washington two nights ago, he was brought back up only 12 minutes for Ty Ty with two points um, in in that effort. and, I mean, look, we did see some good performances today from the Rockets. We saw Eric Gordon play pretty well, one of his better games in this season, 24 points on 8 of 16 shooting. Uh, K.J. Martin looked pretty strong, 22 points, 9 rebounds. He definitely stepped up in Jalen and KPJ's absence. Shengun to 15 points, and and you got 12 from Jabari as well, 11 off the bench from Tari on an efficient 5 of 6. So... What happened in this game? How did the Rockets lose? Well, they had that they had that moment at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I want to look at this run that they had. Um, the Rockets were only trailing by one point going into the fourth quarter. It was 91 to 90, and it was a 30 to 10 run, essentially. Uh, that was the fourth quarter. Uh, the Rockets only scored 10 points in that fourth quarter. Clippers dropped 30, and... I mean, look, it was just by the time the Rockets got, it was 92-92, and then it was 101-92 on four straight makes for the Clippers, and that really uh, sent the game out of reach for the Rockets. Um, that is just how things were, you know? It, it feels exactly like the, the previous game where the Rockets let the Kings go on a big run, and then they kind of just stayed there and and then you look at the night before it was virtually the same thing and 
at this point, you know, I got Sean in the comments here on Spotify Live saying they're not trying to win. They're all in on a 25% chance at Wemby and Scoot. And that's, and that's, look, that's very fair. And that's probably a lot of where the direction is going. But the thing is, the difference is, I was thinking a lot about like, you know, the, the 2020 season, the 2020 21 season versus this season, right? And what are the differences? What are the similarities? The similarities are the team's the worst team in the league. That, that's one thing. But also, that first team didn't have that young talent that you needed to develop and that you needed to, uh, you know, see positive vibes from. And this year, you should be seeing that, and, and you're not. 15 of 16 losses in the last 16 games. So the Rockets, look, if you look back on December 13th, the Rockets beat the Suns. That was like their last, you know, great win. I mean, I know the Bulls, the Bulls win that was right before this 10 game losing streak was a, a big win for them. But if you look at that, they were nine and 18. They were nine and 18 going to that. There were only nine games below 500. You were thinking, oh, well, maybe if things start to figure it out, you know, maybe this team's got a shot even. No, not anymore. The team is now 23 games below 500. And it's just not going well. It's just not. And I don't know what to say. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard game to look at for, for today's standpoint because, you know, you didn't have Jalen, you didn't have Kevin Porter, but you still have a lot of guys that you want to invest in. Uh, Shangun, Tari, KJ. And it seemed as if those guys played well. Uh, at least well enough to maybe win this game. But the the five people on the court during that run, I want to see if I can pull up those those guys, see exactly what that lineup looked like uh, in that in that stretch where the Rockets kind of where the Rockets kind of lost this game. Uh, it was Eric Gordon, Garrison Matthews, uh, Usman Garuba, looked like Tari Eason and. Tie tie, and that so that was your that was your five going into that, and it's just I, I don't really know other than Tari if any of those guys are going to be on the team when they're good again. Um, I guess KJ, you could you could say, uh, well KJ wasn't in the game; it was Eric Gordon. Excuse me. So it was Eric Gordon, Garris Matthews, Ty Ty, Garuba, and uh, Tari. Tari's probably the only guy I'd say out of those five that that would make sense long-term for this team. And that's where you lost the game. So at least you're, you're the, the games that you're losing, at least you're losing these games with guys that you know are not going to be part of your future. So that's, that's a good thing. But I still, you want to see some pot, like it's not good. Like this is, we're not seeing positive developments from anybody really, except for, you know, except for KJ and, and Shangun and Tari. To me, that's what this game was all about. And we saw we saw enough to where, okay, you're a little bit satisfied, but I want to see the game start to translate into wins. You know, this was a winnable game for the Rockets today. The Clippers came out really flat, it felt. Um, they had a chance to win. You know, no Paul George, uh, Kawhi. It was, it was really just Kawhi. And then they let Terrence Mann go for, I believe it was a career-high 31 for him. And it's just, oh man, it's not fun. 
totally not having a good time, bro. Not not feeling it at all. And now you got the Lakers tomorrow. You get Jalen Green and Jay Sean Tate back, so maybe you'll see some kind of uh, better. Uh, you see something a little a better product on the floor tomorrow. But man, this is just one day we're gonna look back on this and we're gonna say, you know, remember those days and thank God we're away from those. Um, but look, the Rockets got four game sweep from the Clippers in the season. Clippers have 23 wins this season. They improved to over 500 with this win. Four of those wins come against the Rockets. So I, I want to say that's what, that's like a sixth of their wins come against the Rockets this season. Um, you know, Sean is saying in the comments, uh, the Rockets are only ch- are choosing the Philly process route, not the Thunder route. And, you know, that's an interesting point. And I guess that's kind of where I'll pivot going into this. You know, the Thunder's rebuild has been pretty interesting. Um, you know, the Thunder are also, you know, starting to possibly work their way into this play-in uh, situation. They're only a half game out of that 10 seed. And really, they've got a shot. They're only four games back of the number four seed in the West. And how OKC has kind of done it. You know, they, they've recognized that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is, is their guy. And I think that he has qualities that I think you could see in maybe Jalen Green, although Jalen Green hasn't really stepped up on that level. But at the same time, you know, Shea is, I want to say Shea is like three years older than Jalen. So I'm not, I'm not super worried about that part of it. I think that in three years, we could probably see where Shea is now and compare it to where Jalen is. So they have like a set hierarchy. They they know they're building around Shea and they kind of go from there. The Rockets have not given Jalen Green the same kind of keys and treatment that that Shea Gilgis Alexander has gotten. And I think that might be your first uh your first issue is that you're not you're not setting up success for for one main guy. And and that could be because the Rockets view whoever they'll draft next as their number one. And that's who they want to build around. And I would say that that Wemby or Scoot might be a guy that would have more ability to be a number one than a Jalen. Um, but I don't. We don't know that for a fact yet. Um, we we don't. That, that's just an idea. Um, but also they've got they've got really young guys. But I think their guys just fit a little bit better. That's another thing too. And I think I think the main difference in the Thunder and the Rockets is I think the Thunder are just a better coached basketball team. I really do. I, I think that that is the biggest difference and the players that they have drafted, I think gel a little bit better than, than the Rockets do. Um, the Rockets have kind of just thrown everything at a wall to see what sticks. And I think we're starting to see now that some of those, um, some of those pieces are sticking a little bit better than others and not all the pieces fit in with each other. Um, you know, like I feel like with Shangun and KPJ, you know, those are two pieces that you could probably really invest well into, but their on-court chemistry is is not is, is not really that great, and you see that that maybe um, inhibits Shangun's ability on the court and how and how the Rockets use him. Because to me, I feel like Shangun. 
is right under where Jalen is, right? In terms of how to build uh, a team. Like, I feel like you could really use Shengun as a building block. And I'd probably say he's second behind Jalen in terms of a guy that I really trust as a building block on this team. But the guys around Shengun don't necessarily fit. Once they make a decision, like Shengun is the guy we're going to build around, they can build a team that will benefit him. And that could be a winning product. I really do. Same with Jalen. I think that if you really build around Jalen, get him a point guard that makes a lot of sense for him, that really sets him up for success, I think that that could really also be a winning product here in Houston. You just really figure out um, – you got to figure out who is – like who you want to make as your focal point and go from there. The Rockets, they don't have a focal point at this point. They, they want it to be Kevin Porter Jr., or at least that's kind of the vibe we're getting – but look at where that's gotten the Rockets right back to the bottom of the barrel. And I think that once they figure that out, it, it will be a lot smoother of a process. Um, so, yeah, if, if we've got any speaker requests, I'll take one or two before I sign off here. going to be a pretty short show today. I feel like there's not much really to talk about, you know. I feel like if Jalen played, we'd have a little bit more to talk about if um, – if the game was just a different story than what we've seen in the past couple of games, I feel like also that could be a bit different. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I don't really know what else to say about this one, guys. Um, you know, Dacian Nix just wasn't it. Ty Ty, I wish he did a little bit more, but it wasn't in the cards. Josh Christopher was okay. Uh, could have been a little bit better. It was two of nine from the field. And I think, you know... That is probably the biggest reason why he has not played is just because he's not a good shooter anymore. For whatever reason, his shot has failed him. And whether he's hitting in the G League and all that, that's fine. But it's like if it's not hitting in practice and it's not hitting in the games, then he's not good enough to be a big guy on the squad. So we're going to bring in Adam here, uh, friend of the show. So Adam, welcome to the Dream Take. What's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, watched the Miami uh, Buffalo game earlier, and just uh, yeah, you know, thoughts and prayers to to Mike Brown and uh, and how he. Had, <laughs> Amen. Is, I mean, I mean, I, I think Skyler. You know, I don't want to go on this too long, but <clears throat> Skyler Thompson was like seventeen of like fifty or something. Like if, if they if they even have a quarter decent quarterback, they're winning that game. It's terrible, but uh, uh, the Rockets, right? Dacian Nix or Skylar Thompson, Adam? Uh, I think Skylar Thompson could have <laughs> at least given us a few points out there tonight. Yeah. There you go. Uh, like, yeah, it's just uh, – so I watch these games that, that maybe KPJ or Jalen is not playing, and consistently I see KJ Martin just, you know, show out, you know? And I, I think I, – I also feel like some of these games against better competition, KJ is a lot more – He's got a lot more to show out there. You see him like when he plays against Phoenix and there's, you know, been a lot of chatter that Phoenix is interested in him and other teams. If I'm KJ Martin, like I, I look at the Rockets given, given KPJ that contract and the issues that I've had with them and the fact that they have a club option that they're going to pick up for less than 2 million next year. In my mind, I'm just biting my time. There's no way if I'm KJ Martin, I'm signing another contract with this organization. 
Like no way. I think he's already checked out. He's just, but but he he's he's such a he takes pride in his game that he's still going to go out there and, and ball as much as possible every night, whether it gets five minutes or twenty five minutes. Uh, what do what do you? I think? mean, look, KJ KJ's been on. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This episode is brought to you by Blizzard. Play Diablo 4 free during the open beta weekend. Only you can stand in the way of the forces of hell. Play free March 24th to 26th and pre-purchase for early access. Journey through the entire first act. Battle up to level 25 as all five classes. Adventure with your friends in four-player co-op. Descend into hell early during the open beta. Pre-purchase Diablo 4 now. The worst team in the league for three straight seasons. Not very many players go through that in their career. And as someone who has been in the league, like he's he's grown up with the league. Like his dad was in the league. You know, his dad was a number one pick in the league. Um, and then he had a really successful high school career. They mentioned that in Sacramento, he had won some championships in high school in Sacramento. He didn't play in college. So that was like, he came from a very winning culture in high school only to have the complete opposite in his career and in his first part of the career. And I think that the Kevin Porter extension, when it comes to KJ Martin, it could be an issue because that could be some of KJ's money going to Kevin Porter. But at this point, like Kevin Porter has not played up to that money. And and those are non-guaranteed money years for him. And if he's continuing this path, that's not going to be guaranteed for him. It, it, like the 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 K the KBJ path, it was smart when they made the deal because it was it was it was very uh, they they didn't take a whole lot of risk with it. a lot of risk for Kevin Porter to take a deal like that because there isn't a whole lot guaranteed. But for the Rockets, the Rockets played it really safe, but knew that they had a chance for Kevin Porter to pan out. And I feel like Kevin Porter could maybe play up to that contract. I, I don't know, but the chances are starting to starting to dissipate a little bit and him being hurt doesn't help but the rockets being 10 and 33 and him being the starting point guard also that's the reason for why this won't work and for kj he's gonna play uh, i think once they get a new coach like that's the thing is i said it last week i say it i said it later last week and i say it again the rockets it's so hard to evaluate this team with Silas still in, in power because I, I feel like a new coach could totally 
totally changed my opinion on a bunch of these guys. And because we see the raw talent, we see it. We saw it today with KJ. Just would like to see a different, like, different mind controlling everything and seeing how it goes. KJ definitely has that pedigree. You mentioned going back to high school. He play, played on that powerhouse Sierra, Sierra Canyon, Canyon with team. Ronnie James. Yes. Yeah, like I think he is Zaire Williams, all those players. He was, you know, like uh, he was kind of laying the you know the groundstone for a lot of that stuff. And he was he was good in college. He was good in high school. Um, but I, I just the thing that's really troubling about Silas specifically with uh, with KJ is KJ is one of the few players that 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 Silas has a quick hook for, you know, one bad play, bad place. He's out the game. You don't see that with KPJ. You don't see that with Jay Shante. You don't see that with, you don't see that with so many plays. You see that, you know, Josh Christopher doesn't even get a chance. I mean, that dude's confidence like never goes away, but I mean, he, that's been, that's been affected somewhat. Like, you know, it's just, it's really odd. I feel like the problem that if we want to, if we want to take the situation and, you know, use it as why is Silas going in this direction? You know, it's so funny to me because it's like Alperin Shingun has played so well and he's getting 30 minutes. Dacian Nix, who's been a DNP CD for the last two weeks, is getting 36, 36 minutes all of a sudden. Like, I just... Like to me, like I don't. I'm not an NBA mind. I've ne- I've never you know been in the NBA and been in that position. But it's not rocket science, and or maybe it is. But I, I, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And I don't. And the only thing that it adds up to me, I guess, is that yeah. And I see your comment here that you said in the comments here. I'm genuinely starting to worry that Fertitta Stone and Silas have a handshake agreement to lose. And allow him to coach next year. Now, that's the only reason why I could see something like that making sense. Now, the next year part, I'm not as certain because next year the Rockets have no incentive to really lose. Um, and it's getting to a point now where, you know, three years of being the worst team in the league is one thing, but I feel like four is really starting to push it because if you're, if you're the worst team for a fourth year in a row and you're really, just trying to get into that worst four again, but also having a guy like Wemby or Scoot, who probably has the highest ceiling out of anyone on the Rockets currently, you know, it just doesn't make sense to, to waste another year of development just to get a high draft pick again. It it just, it it doesn't, I, I can understand doing it one year. I can understand doing it two years. And because this draft class is so great, I'm willing to excuse that and say it's okay that it's happening this year. I'm not like that pressed about it, but also you have to keep in mind, you've got all these players that you've spent so many draft picks on over the last several years and you're getting nowhere with them. Like Josh Christopher, you're getting nowhere with him. You're getting nowhere with Garuba. You're getting nowhere with Dacia Nix. Like those are all misses in my eyes. Um, and, And it's just, Ty Ty, I feel like, is going to just get to a point where I think Ty Ty just got drafted into a horrible situation because he just had, he just buried in the depth chart. I, I thought that when he was drafted here, even before then, I was like, I really like Ty Ty. I think he's got game. I think he could be successful in the NBA. I just don't think he'd be successful in Houston. And you see where he's at 53 points in the G League, two points in 
in the NBA. So it's just like, I just feel like we're, we're wasting time with these. And then you're just going to start over. That's why teams like the Kings, the Timberwolves have been in that position in purgatory for so long. And it's because don't take advantage of developing these pieces that they have. But uh, Adam, I've got one more speaker, so I'm going to let you off. But anything you want to add before, before we get to the next speaker? Uh, yeah, real quick. Yeah, I, have to make, I mean, the Kings had to get rid of Vladi. They had to get rid of Walton. They had to get rid of the whole system. Um, la- last question, who is the Rockets shooting coach? That's been the most disappointing thing to me this year. I expected them to be a pretty pretty decent shooting team from what I saw in the preseason summer league. It just, it's just really terrible. I mean, they, they could have, they could have chipped out a, mil, a million and a half to chip Eng, England, like the thunder did just all these things make no sense, but uh, I'll let you go. All right. Thanks Adam. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, who is the rocket shooting coach? That's a really good question. Um, I really don't know if they have like a, a real like shooting specialist coach, but yeah, like, a guy like uh, Chip Engeland, who's, you know, had great years in, in San Antonio and um, is now at a point to where he's he's doing that for OKC. And we talked about OKC earlier in the show about how they are improving and may, and that, that could be a big part of it. Um, but I also feel like just the way that team is built and the way that team is coached just from up to down is just far better than anything the Rockets have done. I've got Sean up here to speak. He'll be the last speaker of the show. But Sean, welcome to the Drink Take, my friend. How are you? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks. Actually, I, I did not know that uh, San Antonio's shooting coach went to OKC. That would um, uh, go a long way to explaining why Josh Giddy went from a uh, brick fast and inefficient last year. Actually, a pretty good shooter um, this year where he can make an easy argument that uh, – you know, Giddy's probably, you know, right now the way he's playing, he's almost the best rookie from last year's class in terms of like total body of work a year and a half in. I I like I like I prefer Franz Wagner, um, but I he and I think I, I think Jalen Green is also one. I, I still I still think Jalen um, has a better body of work, especially if you include those last ten games from from the year before. But this year, I would say. Uh, Giddy has been probably a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, it, but it's kind of like that last 10 games. That's where I, I think that sort of fooled us a little bit as Rockets fans. And I, I kind of. Yeah, they're nice. He had 25 points in that first half. I mean, well, yeah, he did. And then, capable, and then, and then in the second half, I can't, I can't blame anyone but the coaching staff on that. I really, I really cannot. Um, no, I, no, I mean, I, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that I, I think, you know, the reason why I was going to jump up and talk because I was just piggybacking off mm-hmm. Adam's comment as well is the fact that, yeah, they they are purposely taking. And I think sometimes we have to recognize that they're purposely taking not necessarily just because Silas can't coach. I, I, don't, think, I, I don't believe as much as Silas can't coach is that they're – really doing it on purpose. Like, you don't hold Shingun out for as long as you did in a rotation when a game is tied in the third quarter and then only maybe throwing back out there for a couple of glorified minutes when the game's already out of hand in the fourth. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason why your substitutions are like that, and it's 
because I think Stone looks at this team and says, I don't have that foundational piece yet. I've had two cracks at it. I've got talent, but I don't have that, you know, like I don't have my Joel Embiid yet. And that's, you know, that's what they're choosing to go for. Instead of taking the right, instead of saying, "Hey, I got a lot of talent. Let's find a way to make it fit." They're still, you know, they're he's just dusting off the blueprint that Hinky and Maury put together after Yao and T Mac went down. But that Les Alexander would never let him, uh-huh. you know, actually put into fruition. This is what we're seeing right now. I mean, I, and now you're just kind of hoping with that twenty five percent hits. I'm kind of questioning where you go if you don't get the number one and number two pick. Well, if you don't get the number one, of the, I think let's just assume the Rockets end up with the worst record again. Uh, they'll have, uh, I believe they'll end up with, at worst, the number five pick, which you're still going to get a really great player if you end up with that number, that number five pick. Um, and chances are, so it's probably going to be, if it's not Victor, if, if it's not Wemby, if it's not Scoot, you're looking at Brandon Miller um, out of Alabama. Could be could be your guy. He would he would slot right into that uh, Eric Gordon role at, at at the three, and I think that he could be uh, a pretty nice fit there. I think I I don't know if he would necessarily be the Rockets' best player, but I certainly think that there could be um, there could be something there with him. You also look at the Thompson twins. I think that either one of them could you know slot in right they're in that same role that Eric Gordon is about to vacate. And I think that, but at, at the same time, you know, is this group, do we know if they, if it's the players that are the problem or that's the coaching that's the problem. And, and I think to me, what I've been preaching kind of over the last couple of episodes in the last couple of games, I should say is, is we need to know if this, if this group of players is the issue or is it the coaching staff? And we need to, we need to make evaluations on that because we if we go into next season and we realize that okay, well maybe we've got a shot here, and then we end up with the number five pick again next year, we don't get a pick. That pick's going to OKC, and they're going to continue to build on what they're building, and it's only going to make the Rockets look more like an idiot than they already are. And that I mean that's not really the issue. It's not really about how we're perceived compared to, you know, everyone else in the league, but it's about the progress that the Rockets are making now. And are the Rockets making progress by limiting the, the prospects that they have now? And to me, I just feel like during this losing streak, it's been really difficult to see that. Look, you've made your point. You want to be bad. We get that. But are you making progress with these guys that you invested high draft picks on that. And if you're wasting that time on that, it's only going to be even longer to where you're going to be good again. And look, the Rockets will have picks on picks on picks for the next several years up until 2027, when hopefully the Nets fall out of their championship window and the Rockets will be able to cash in on some of those, but that's four or five years down the line. And so we need the Rockets to be good before then. So that when you do get those picks, you can trade those get a star and that will make your team from good to great. That I think is the big plan for the Rockets. And I just feel like with the current mechanation of all of that, it's, it's possible that even, even if the Rockets continue to go along this path for the next, you know, 30 something games, 
There's a chance that it works out exactly how it's supposed to, but there's also a chance that it might not. So anything else, Sean, before we wrap up? No, I'm all good, Jeremy. Thank you uh, for letting me come up and um, thank you for continuing to host these. uh, Always a pleasure, Sean. Enjoy your Sunday. True champion for doing this. So thanks. Amen. Don't underestimate the heart of a champion and don't underestimate the Dream Take podcast coming at you live after every Rockets game. Win, lose, or draw. Haven't had many draws this season. Haven't had very many wins either, but plenty of losses to talk about. Um, I think this is a – it's an okay spot to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at Dream Shake SBN. Head over to our Facebook page. Give us a like if you're over there. Head over to our website, thedreamshake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. We'll be back again tomorrow night. We've got the Lakers on deck. And hopefully, maybe this maybe this win streak will begin and the losing streak will come to an end. One can only hope. But uh, thank you guys so much for seeing this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance. Pure design. Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.